Section 10, Mother, Queen of the Household. Chapter 38, Mother's Position and Responsibilities. Woman should fill the position which God originally designed for her as her husband's equal. The world needs mothers who are mothers not merely in name, but in every sense of the word. We may safely say that the distinctive duties of woman are more sacred, more holy, than those of man. Let woman realize the sacredness of her work, and in the strength and fear of God take up her life mission. Let her educate her children for usefulness in this world and for a home in the better world. The wife and mother should not sacrifice her strength and allow her powers to lie dormant, leaning wholly upon her husband. Her individuality cannot be merged in his. She should feel that she is her husband's equal. To stand by his side... She faithful at her post of duty, and he at his. Her work in the education of her children is in every respect as elevating and ennobling as any post of duty he may be called to fill, even if it is to be the chief magistrate of the nation. The king upon his throne has no higher work then has the mother. The mother is queen of her household. She has in her power the molding of her children's characters, that they may be fitted for the higher immortal life. An angel could not ask for a higher mission, for in doing this work she is doing service for God. Let her only realize the high character of her task, and it will inspire her with courage. Let her realize the worth of her work and put on the whole armor of God that she may resist the temptation to conform to the world's standard. Her work is for time and for eternity. The mother is the queen of the home, and the children are her subjects. She is to rule her household wisely in the dignity of her motherhood. Her influence in the home is to be paramount, her word, law. If she is a Christian under God's control, she will command the respect of her children. The children are to be taught to regard their mother not as a slave whose work it is to wait on them, but as a queen who is to guide and direct them, teaching them line upon line, precept upon precept. The mother seldom appreciates her own work and frequently sets so low an estimate upon her labor that she regards it as domestic drudgery. She goes through the same round day after day, week after week, with no special marked results. She cannot tell at the close of the day the many little things she has accomplished. Placed beside her husband's achievement, 
She feels that she has done nothing worth mentioning. The father frequently comes in with a self-satisfied air and proudly recounts what he has accomplished through the day. His remarks show that now he must be waited upon by the mother, for she has not done much except take care of the children, cook the meals, and keep the house in order. She has not acted the merchant, bought nor sold. She has not acted the farmer in tilling the soil. She has not acted the mechanic. Therefore, she has done nothing to make her weary. He criticizes and censures and dictates as though he was the Lord of creation. And this is all the more trying to the wife and mother because she has become very weary at her post of duty during the day, and yet she cannot see what she has done and is really disheartened. Could the veil be withdrawn and father and mother see as God sees the work of the day, and see how his infinite eye compares the work of the one with that of the other, they would be astonished at the heavenly revelation. The father would view his labors in a more modest light, while the mother would have new courage and energy to pursue her labor with wisdom, perseverance, and patience. Now she knows its value, while the father has been dealing with the things which must perish and pass away, the mother has been dealing with developing minds and character, working not only for time, but for eternity. Would that every mother could realize how great are her duties and her responsibilities and how great will be the reward of faithfulness. The mother who cheerfully takes up the duties lying directly in her path will feel that life is to her precious because God has given her a work to perform. In this work, she need not necessarily dwarf her mind nor allow her intellect to become enfeebled. The mother's work is given her of God to bring up her children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The love and fear of God should ever be kept before their tender minds. When corrected, they should be taught to feel that they are admonished of God, that He is displeased with deception, untruthfulness, and wrongdoing. Thus the minds of little ones may be so connected with God that all they do and say will be in reference to His glory. And in after years they will not be like the reed in the wind, continually wavering between inclination and duty. To lead them to Jesus is not all that is required. These children are to be educated and trained to become disciples of Christ. 
that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. This work of molding, refining, and polishing is the mother's. The character of the child is to be developed. The mother must engrave upon the tablet of the heart lessons as enduring as eternity, and she will surely meet the displeasure of the Lord if she neglects this sacred work or allows anything to interfere with it. The Christian mother has her God-appointed work, which she will not neglect if she is closely connected with God and imbued with His Spirit. There are opportunities of inestimable worth, interest infinitely precious, committed to every mother. The humble round of duties which women have come to regard as a wearisome task should be looked upon as a grand and noble work. It is the mother's privilege to bless the world by her influence. And in doing this, she will bring joy to her own heart. She may make straight paths for the feet of her children through sunshine and shadow to the glorious heights above. But it is only when she seeks in her own life to follow the teachings of Christ that the mother can hope to form the character of her children after the divine pattern. Amid all the activities of life, the mother's most sacred duty is to her children. But how often is this duty put aside that some selfish gratification may be followed? Parents are entrusted with the present and eternal interest of their children. They are to hold the reins of government and guide their households to the honor of God. God's law should be their standard, and love should rule in all things. If married men go into the work, leaving their wives to care for the children at home, the wife and mother is doing fully as great and important a work as the husband and father. Although one is in the missionary field, the other is a home missionary, whose cares and anxieties and burdens frequently far exceed those of the husband and father. Her work is a solemn and important one. The husband in the open missionary field may receive the honors of men, while the home toiler may receive no earthly credit for her labor. But if she works for the best interest of her family, seeking to fashion their characters after the divine model the recording angel writes her name as one of the greatest missionaries in the world. God does not see things as man's finite vision views them. The mother is God's agent to Christianize her family. She is to exemplify biblical religion showing how its influence is to control us in its everyday duties and pleasures, teaching her children that by grace alone 
can they be saved through faith, which is the gift of God. This constant teaching as to what Christ is to us and to them, His love, His goodness, His mercy, revealed in the great plan of redemption, will make a hallowed, sacred impress on the heart. The training of children constitutes an important part of God's plan for demonstrating the power of Christianity. A solemn responsibility rests upon parents to so train their children that when they go forth into the world, they will do good and not evil to those with whom they associate. The minister has his line of work, and the mother has hers. She is to bring her children to Jesus for his blessing. She is to cherish the words of Christ and teach them to her children. From their babyhood, she is to discipline them to self-restraint and self-denial, to habits of neatness and order. The mother can bring up her children so that they will come with open, tender hearts to hear the words of God's servants. The Lord has need of mothers who in every line of the home life will improve their God-given talents and fit their children for the family of heaven. The Lord is served as much, yea, more, by faithful homework than by the one who teaches the word. As verily as do the teachers in the school, fathers and mothers are to feel that they are the educators of their children. The Christian mother's sphere of usefulness should not be narrowed by her domestic life. The salutary influence which she exerts in the home circle she may and will make felt in more widespread usefulness in her neighborhood and in the church of God. Home is not a prison to the devoted wife and mother. Let woman realize the sacredness of her work, and in the strength and fear of God, take up her life mission. Let her educate her children for usefulness in this world and for a fitness for the better world. We address Christian mothers. We entreat that you feel your responsibility as mothers and that you live not to please yourselves, but to glorify God. Christ pleased not himself, but took upon him the form of a servant. The world teems with corrupting influences. Fashion and custom exert a strong power over the young. If the mother fails in her duty to instruct, guide, and restrain, her children will naturally accept the evil and turn from the good. Let every mother go often to her Savior with the prayer, Teach us, how shall we order the child, and what shall we do unto him? Let her heed the instruction which God has given in his word, and wisdom will be given her, as she shall have need. There is a God above. The light and glory from his throne rests 
upon the faithful mother as she tries to educate her children to resist the influence of evil. No other work can equal hers in importance. She has not, like the artist, to paint a form of beauty upon canvas, nor like the sculpture to chisel it from marble. She has not, like the author, to embody a noble thought in words of power, nor like the musician to express a beautiful sentiment in melody. It is hers, with the help of God, to develop in a human soul the likeness of the divine. The mother who appreciates this will regard her opportunities as priceless. Earnestly will she seek in her own character and by her methods of training to present before her children the highest ideal. Earnestly, patiently, courageously, she will endeavor to improve her own abilities that she may use aright the highest powers of the mind in the training of her children. Earnestly will she inquire at every step, What hath God spoken? Diligently she will study His Word. She will keep her eyes fixed upon Christ, that her own daily experience in the lowly round of care and duty may be a true reflection of the one true life. Self-denial and the cross are our portion. Will we accept it? None of us need expect that when the last great trials come upon us, a self-sacrificing patriotic spirit will be developed in a moment, because needed. No, indeed, this spirit must be blended with our daily experience and infused into the minds and hearts of our children, both by precept and example. Mothers in Israel may not be warriors themselves, but they may raise up warriors who shall gird on the whole armor and fight manfully the battles of the Lord. Mothers, to a great degree, the destiny of your children rests in your hands. If you fail in duty, you may place them in the ranks of the enemy and make them his agents to ruin souls, but by a godly example and faithful discipline you may lead them to Christ and make them the instruments in his hands of saving many souls. The Christian mother's work, if done faithfully in God, will be immortalized. The votaries of fashion will never see or understand the immortal beauty of that Christian mother's work and will sneer at her old-fashioned notions and her plain, unadorned dress, while the majesty of heaven will write the name of that faithful mother in the book of immortal fame. The whole future life of Moses, the great mission which he fulfilled as the leader of Israel,
testifies to the importance of the work of the Christian mother. There is no other work that can equal this. Parents should direct the instruction and training of their children while very young to the end that they may be Christians. They are placed in our care to be trained, not as heirs to the throne of an earthly empire, but as kings unto God, to reign throughout unending ages. Let every mother feel that her moments are priceless. Her work will be tested in the solemn day of accounts. Then it will be found that many of the failures and crimes of men and women have resulted from the ignorance and neglect of those whose duty it was to guide their childish feet in the right way. Then it will be found that many who have blessed the world with the light of genius and truth and holiness owe the principles that were the mainspring of their influence and success to a praying Christian mother.